Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It's the Pewter Postgame Show. Of course, energized by Celsius. We are going to recap. And shout out to everyone that's still awake. Merry Christmas to everybody. We are now yes. on December 26th. But uh, right. we're going to recap a victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won in overtime, beating the Arizona Cardinals 19-16 to in a game, Scott, that let's just be realistic about it. That game sucked. It absolutely <laughs> sucked. It sucked from the beginning. Yeah. It sucked till the end. This was a win, but a loss in so many other ways, and we'll get into all of it. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is Scott Reynolds, PeterReport.com. Yeah. And as I said, the Bucs won, Scott, but it doesn't feel like they won. Like, the fact that they had to go tooth and nail, fight yeah. for every single thing against a Cardinals team that has nothing to play for yeah. besides, like, job security, a third-string quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, at times it was pathetic. At times, it's like, you know, my eyes are ready to bleed. Like this is yeah. this is a bad football team that's in first place in a in a bad position. <laughs> yeah, uh, well said, Matt, and uh, Merry Christmas to all. It was a, it was a very scary Christmas that turned yes. into finally a Merry Christmas, but it took overtime for that to happen. And yeah, it, we we've seen this movie before, right? Um, th- this is. This is like diehard. This is, you know, Tom Brady was like John McClain in Nakatomi Tower. Uh, didn't start off very well, right? Got beat up and uh, it didn't look good for a while. And then at, at the very end, you know, he pulls it out. And uh, and these diehard Buccaneers continue to, uh, you know, to prevail against some really bad teams. Matt, we've seen this before. Remember the, the Rams game. Remember the Saints game. I mean, this, this is the same type of thing where the Buccaneers – are these suckaneers for the majority of the game, especially in offense. And then they somehow find a way once they get into two minute mode uh, at the end of the Christmas movie to prevail. And, you know, can they do that against a good team? Well, we saw that they could not do that against a good team last week against the Bengals. And now uh, can we say that the Carolina Panthers are a good team? I, I don't know if they're a good team or not, but they certainly were better than the Buccaneers earlier this year. And, uh, you know, but that's what's up next, right? You've got mm-hmm. the Bucks and the Panthers for the NFC South title. The Buccaneers can clinch it. If they win, it, it would take the Carolina Panthers beating the Bucks and then winning the next week for them to win the division. But Tampa Bay can seal the NFC South crown for a second straight year by beating the Carolina Panthers on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. So, I don't know what this team is going to do if they do make the playoffs, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals were the worst scoring defense in the league, allowing 27 points per game. The Buccaneers got nowhere close to that. I mean, it took them to overtime to go from 16 points to 19 points. Ryan Suckup was the offense tonight. Tom Brady threw two really bad interceptions and didn't play very well until the overtime when he was 6 of 6 and, and drove the Bucs down for that that Ryan Suckup field goal, but, but uh, it, it was, it was almost a Scrooge night for Buccaneer fans. We saw Byron Leftwich play the Grinch with three state runs by Leonard Fournette up the middle, even on fourth and one, when Todd Bowles said, sure, like uh, let's go for it. I don't know if Todd Bowles wanted him to run the ball again up the middle, 
but uh, it, it's it was bad football up until I, I was screaming on I was screaming on camera at that yeah. point. I was like, like, how do you? I don't. Again, I don't hate going for it, but running the same effing play over yeah. and over and over again. When JJ like, Watts owning the line of scrimmage, exactly. Mind you. Like, where's the play action? And I said the perfect example is I'm sure a lot of people that were were on the you know the stream with us. Yeah. Uh, probably watched the the Packers Dolphins game earlier today, and that <laughs> right. was a very entertaining game. But if people remember early in that Packers Dolphins game, and thank you, Leo, for the two dollars super chat. Yes. Early in and that Packers agreed. Dolphins game, the Packers went for it on fourth and goal. And the whole time I go play action, play action, play action. And you know what? They yeah. ran play action, and Aaron Rodgers had a tight end wide open yeah. in the end zone. This is a little bit of a different scenario. They were just over midfield, but it's it's complete idiocy or whatever that yeah. word is like to run the same play over and over and over again. It didn't work. It didn't work five weeks ago when you tried it. It didn't work seven weeks ago when you tried it. It's not working now. Stop yeah. going to it. And Tom Brady, sure. Savior at the end, man, he's got to get his shit together because he has played so <laughs> yes. bad over the last three weeks, missing a wide open Julio Jones, yeah. Even missed Julio down the field on that first play. Got bailed out by a um, uh, pass interference call. Missed Scotty Miller down the field. And, you know, it was pretty good coverage, but the throw wasn't even remotely close. Right. Scotty Miller to even make it a whatever you want to call it, a jump ball, whatever it is. His first interception, you know, he got hit as he was throwing it. But the second one, and again, the struggles with Tom Brady and Mike Evans <clears throat> just absolutely continue. This yeah. team, even if they win next week, is just going absolutely nowhere. I don't want to do the whole show right here in this second. But, I mean, yeah. if Tom Brady doesn't play well, they're not going to go places. And it was the same formula again for the games that they win. As you mentioned, like the Rams and the Saints game. It's, right. all right, good start, and then settle for a field goal because you suck in the red zone. Then it's yes. do absolutely nothing on offense except for a couple of bright spots, a couple of of glimmers, which led to the Bucks getting six points. Yeah. And then it's just nothing, 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 frantic ending, win the game. And the defense has to tread water over and over and over again for just the, a terrible, inept offense. And, yeah. you know, the defense, you know, played overall pretty well. Yeah, You know, shout out Anthony Nelson making yeah. a, a great play on the strip sack. They still don't look fantastic. You know, the Trace McSorley just missed a lot of throws because he's Trace yeah. McSorley and is a third string quarterback. But, you know, Anthony Nelson made a key play. I thought Devin White was great. He obviously recovered the fumble on that strip sack. He had a great play that I loved where he was blitzing and then the Cardinals ran a screen and he was able to stop his blitz, yeah. head back up up the field and made a tackle. So it was only like about a two yard game gain. Really liked what I saw from uh, Devin White. But again, it's a now four and eleven Cardinal team with, yeah. you know, with uh, with a third string quarterback. So I don't really know what type of litmus, litmus, whatever the saying is, lit, litmus test, test is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's one o'clock in the morning. It is um, test that the Bucks really got there because they didn't. But I mean, Carolina just beat arguably the hottest team in the league with the Lions, and yeah. uh, their defense is is. Uh, a force to be reckoned with. So yeah, well, and they they, they can run the ball. They play power football. This is a, a team that's going to run the ball for four quarters, yeah. and you have to try to take that away for the Buccaneers by getting a lead and forcing them to throw the ball. 
and, and forcing Sam Darnold to beat you with his arm rather than Dante Foreman beating you with his legs. But if this team can't score points, right, if they if they can't, uh, you know, get touchdowns rather than field goals, and I appreciate Ryan Suckup's effort tonight, but it would been yeah. great if those were extra points rather than field goals. So to me, I, they're going to need a first half offensively like they had last week get, going up 17 nothing for the Panthers to, to maybe abandon the run game. And then that certainly helps the defense. Uh, the defense did come up with three timely takeaways. If you can call them that, that we, we showed the picture of the Anthony Nelson strip sack, a great play yeah. by, by Nelly for that. The Bucks loan sack tonight, Joe trying almost had a couple sacks, but Trace McSorley did a good job getting rid of the ball, uh, finding his little outlet to James Connor on one or two of those. But, you know, Keanu Neal had an interception right before halftime at, that, you know, took away, uh, you know, I, I should say right at the end of the game. The, at regulation. regulation yeah. yeah. That, that, you know, prevented a Hail Mary touchdown, uh, thankfully. But uh, the Will Golston uh, fumble recovery was really just an unforced error. It was just a yeah. bad pitch. He happened to be at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. And that that allowed the Bucks to go down and, and get the game tying field goal but matt th- this offense and appreciate that stank bastard yeah thank you thank you stank bastard. Yeah. the five dollars super chat says 1 a.m post game show on christmas day this is why pewter report is only more goaded than washed up tom brady <laughs> uh yeah brady, brady did he did not look good uh, tonight until the very end uh, you know i i gotta think it's the protection that's that's causing him to be anxious and jumpy and, and those are some some things that Tom Brady just typically isn't. And it's, it's crazy to see how he's pressing, you know, and I understand Josh Wells getting hurt. That that was a, a big time, ugly patellar tendon injury. Uh, you could see when his kneecap was not in the right place on the replay that, uh, that he was going to be done, not just for the night, but for the year too. Brandon Walton coming in and, you know, hanging on, but you know, <laughs> Brady just, describe it. <laughs> yeah, but Brady just literally having a couple of bad throws, and, you know, I, I don't want to give too much to the Arizona Cardinals defense, but J.J. Watt played pretty well. But I think it was more just the Bucks sucking than it was the Cardinals really playing well. And, Matt, let me ask you, if Kyler Murray plays in this game, do the Buccaneers win? I don't well, think they do. I really it, don't. It, exactly. Because, I mean, there was a couple of times like McSorley tried to run it or, you know, it, it, you know, the quarterback had the option to either give it to James Conner and and McSorley held on to it. Well, McSorley got like two or three yards on the run. Kyler Murray gets like 10 to 15. Yeah. You know, um, there were definitely open opportunities for the Cardinals running the ball. James uh, James Conner had a little success in the second half. That's how, you know, they they got their touchdown. Right. Um, so. I, I, you have to give credit for the Bucks for the turnovers, but it was a little bit of just taking advantage of, of the, the Cardinals just being a team that only has four wins. Like, yeah. McSorley missed open guys. Uh, and credit to, you know, the Bucks defense for slowing down or pretty much preventing all game. DeAndre Hopkins was not yeah. a factor. In I thought game. Carlton Davis played exceptionally well. And I think Sean Murphy bunting played really, really well. SMB, again. especially late in the game yes. too, like had a big pass breakup where it could have got them into field goal range and Prater, obviously, you know, with a cannon for a leg, just like booting yeah. it from, 
55, 57, um, yeah, all they, that they stuff. They had the, the lucky Christmas bounce off the they upright. They, they went in before halftime. Yeah. You know, Francisco Guzman um, says one of the interceptions was weird, the one with Evans, I don't know. Tom Brady, after the game, said that that uh, he threw the ball too soon on that one. And, and again, he was under pressure uh, there. You can kind of see him get pressured. That's that's the, the play right there. Brady doesn't actually get hit, but feels the pressure. Not good mechanics. You can see the body lean. You can see Evans downfield running, and and he just didn't get his head turned around enough because he wasn't expecting the ball to be half a second early, which it was. The DB Marco Wilson tracked it and picked it off, and that that was was one of those two interceptions that Wilson had. The other the other one just was was Brady admitting that that Evans was open and he threw the ball late, and and I think even Chris Collinsworth on the TV. Uh, broadcast mentioned that by the time Evans got open, Brady still has the ball in his hands looking at him. And so he, yeah. that was just a bad anticipation right there. And, you know, it, it's scary when, and, and I'm sure Buccaneer fans probably feel this too. It's scary when Mike and Tom are not connecting and two interceptions that have, have occurred with the cornerback that is covering Mike. And you almost are fearful of Tom Brady targeting Mike again, right? There was almost another one late yes. in the game that was almost <laughs> intercepted. Yeah, it was like it's a like, five-yard route too. Yeah, you know? I, I was just I was in my head thinking, wow, they have to go away from Mike Evans because Tom Brady will get picked off again. It's crazy that that that's the case. That, that Mike Evans can't be the number one guy because for whatever reason tonight, and they haven't really been on the same page for most of the season. Uh, even though the first half last week they were, right? I mean, Mike Evans was having a big game at, at halftime and, and wasn't able to get any more balls mm-hmm. in the second half, Matt. But it just, you're almost like, holy crap, like they've got to go somewhere else because Brady and and, and Evans are, are, are not on the same page to such a degree that that they risk losing this game on an interception. It makes no sense, like the fact that it's like freezing cold in Florida right now. I think it snowed in Miami today or something like that. Just <laughs> things don't make sense. So Mike <laughs> yeah. Evans, the number one wide receiver, they can't get him the ball, or when they do, bad things happen. It's very odd because yeah. obviously there was like chemistry and continuity things that were issues like early in the season, and people were like, "Oh, Brady, you know, missed training camp and you know all that stuff," and. You know, you got to December, essentially almost January at this point. And, you know, Brady looks to be on the same page with, like, Chris Godwin. Obviously, they force-feed him the ball a ton, nonetheless. Yeah. But, like, Russell Gage had a fairly solid game yeah. where, like, Brady was getting him the ball. Brady seems to have really nice chemistry with Julio Jones when Julio is available. None of his plays ever count because <laughs> someone's offsides or there's some type yeah. of penalty. But it's like Brady, for as bad as he played, is getting on the same page with all those guys I just mentioned, and it's like worse and worse with Mike week by week. Now, with that said, I think you're muted, Matt. There you go. Something happened with my microphone there. Apologies. Um, so, you know, Mike made a couple of big catches in overtime, which yeah. obviously was important. And I was happy for him, one, because it's like good for the Bucks, But two, I was thinking like, there's no way Mike Evans is going to get his thousand yard uh, receiving milestone. That obviously yeah. is one of his big claims to fame because they're not going to, you know, want to throw him the ball anymore because of all the the miscues that have been happening. Thank you, Eric Moreno, for the two dollar super chat. No yeah. comment, just a super chat. 
we appreciate appreciate that. that. Uh, another thing we really appreciate, of course, is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Tailgate Show. That is Celsius Energy Drinks. So many different flavors. You see all the vibes right there. Arctic Peach and Tropical. You can also go uh, with other ones, whether it's cola flavor, um, strawberry kiwi, uh, watermelon. Uh, so a ton of great, awesome flavors there. Uh, Fuji apple pear as well. And uh, watermelon berry is another good one. But anyway, uh, seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives. It's a healthy energy drink. It's great to substitute for uh, coffee, especially if you're up late and, uh, you know, you got to be up early the next day. It's a great substitute there. If you want to try out Celsius and you haven't before, you want to know where to find it, go to the Celsius store locator, put in your address, and it'll let you know uh, where you could find it at your closest bodega, Walmart, gas station, convenience bodega. store, bodega, uh, wherever you want to go there. And then when you know you love Celsius, go to the Go to Amazon and do the subscribe and save, and um, you can have it. Uh, you can order it in bulk. Get the variety pack, variety spice of life. Have it sent to your house or apartment every one, two, or three weeks. Um, you definitely <laughs> will like it. So uh, just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Mr. Smith says, "What up, fam? What's up, Mr. Smith? Thank you for watching the show. We got a lot of people watching. Yeah, this we episode. appreciate one, you guys one, big time. Morning." I'm Christmas night or the day after Christmas, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so appreciate everyone in there. Scott, another guy that really struggled on offense tonight um, was Kate Otten. Yeah. I don't know what the heck was going on with Kate Otten tonight. Yeah. But, you know, he could not make catches. He could not block. It was a rough, rough game for yeah it was and it was disappointing to see because he did get targeted a lot that was something i was kind of you know clamoring for he got targeted seven times in this game matt Mm -hmm. and only came up with two catches for 12 yards so it was a very disappointing effort tonight he did have a penalty and the blocking was very hit and miss from him the only players that got targeted more obviously leonard fournette led the way with 10 targets nine catches for 90 yards for lenny at a big 44 yard catch and run uh, was was quite good. I, I got to think, though, on that particular play, if that's Rashad White, that goes for a touchdown just because Rashad White's faster, you know. And I don't want to knock Lenny because he did some good things tonight, but, yeah, it, you know, took him 72 – or I should say it took him 20 carries to get to 72 yards. It's a, a 3.6-yard average. Uh, you know, he did average – uh, 10 yards per catch in, in the receiving game. But, again, that's really kind of skewed by that 44-yarder. So That, that big play saved a lot for Lenny. It did. Lenny looks it slow. Um, he, but, he I mean, he slow. touched the ball 30 freaking times. So, like, yeah. you're bound to get one good play. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, again, Lenny got all of these touches. The team scored 19 points and needed overtime to right. do it against the park. All right? Yeah. So and and, and you, look, you, look, you look at Rashad White, right? I mean, he had 11 touches. He averaged 5.1 yards per per rush. He had 18-yarder to start the game. And then he had a, the game tying touchdown. So to me, uh, I, I don't understand the imbalance there. I don't understand why it's so lopsided uh, when, when you know, Rashad White obviously can, can make things happen as well. Yeah, I couldn't tell if, like, Rashad White was injured at one point. But then he's still in there late in the game, scores right. a touchdown. They had him in the pony package with Keyshawn Vaughn. And then Keyshawn Vaughn is getting a rushing attempt over yeah. 
Uh, Rashad White, which I didn't totally understand outside just like, hey, let's show them something different. But we know that's not in the MO of Byron Leftwich or you know right. this year's iteration of the Bucks offense. And I thought it was quite surprising. I mean, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, the Bucks just decide to run it three times in a row up the middle and don't convert on uh, on a fourth and one. The Bucks were having success running to the outside. As you mentioned, the Rashad White run early in the game. There was a great pitch to the outside to Leonard Fournette that was sparked by an awesome block by Shaq Mason yes. and Russell Gage. Russell yes. Gage put a defender on his ass up the yeah. field, like 10 yards up the field. And they just stopped going to those outside plays when they got stuck over and over and over. And I understand that uh, that J.J. Uh, Watt played great and obviously made a ton of stops in the backfield. We'll run the ball to the opposite side of where he's going. Like, you found something there. And meanwhile, yes. again, we asked for, like, end the rounds, get Devin Tompkins involved. The Cardinals, and I know they didn't do much on offense, but they had a third and one. And I get it. They have nothing to lose for, nothing to lose. And they ran an end around with Dorch and got like an extra five yards and got the first down. Why right. is it so simple for the Arizona Cardinals to get that done? It's maddening, but right? It's, it's frustrating. It's, it's like asking someone to climb Mount Everest just to, uh, you know, get a little something, something to get a half a yard for a first down. I mean, we got the patented Tom Brady QB sneak again out of desperation because yeah. the Bucs don't trust themselves that much. Yeah. And, and uh, all, all I can say is, is, um, the countdown is on. I, I Byron Leftwich is. It, I, I'm going to stake my professional reputation and saying he's not going to be here next year. So there'll be somebody else calling the plays. And uh, we do uh, appreciate a, a good thumbs up, as Joel uh, Elrican says. We appreciate that. So a, a lot of Peter Report people here uh, in in the the chat tonight. We appreciate that very much. Watching this late night podcast here. We're not going to go the full hour, probably wrap it up in about uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. We do have a Victory Monday podcast. This is technically a Victory Monday podcast, Matt. But yes, it is. Part, part two of that comes up, up at 4 o'clock today after we hear from Todd Bowles. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's better than a loss. Uh, I, I think the Buccaneers, you know, th this is going to be a fun plane ride home tonight. A, a very tired Buccaneer team for sure but a team that really has a playoff game coming up. This is a playoff yes, game coming yes. up. A lot of, you know, Buccaneer fans are saying, well, I don't think this team deserves to make the playoffs. Well, they're in the playoffs right now mm -hmm. because this is really the, the game comes down to if you beat the Panthers, you win the NFC South and then you're you're automatically in the postseason. And if you lose, then you have to go to Atlanta and you and you have to win and then the Saints have to beat the Panthers the next week for the Buccaneers to to claim the NFC South and and then of course it's out of their hands. That's not that's not what the Buccaneers want to have happen at all. Um, but it's it's just it's frustrating because we've seen this movie before, right? Some some Christmas movies like A Christmas Story, Die Hard, yes, which is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Uh, oh, it's a Wonderful Life, right? There's there's some classics that you that you don't mind seeing over and over and over again. But you only want to see them like maybe once a year, right? It's one thing, Matt, to watch a Christmas movie every year that you watch. I like Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. Great one. Yeah. That's also a funny one, right? We watched that the other night. Um, but the problem here with this year's Buccaneer team is this year's team has played that same movie over and over again. You know, beating the Rams in the last second, beating the, the Saints in the last second, 
going to overtime and beating the Cardinals. And it's the same same script, same ending, but it's also against the same bad football teams. And right now when you look at the Panthers and their record, you say probably not a good football team, but they've been playing a hell of a lot better football under Steve Wilkes than, than they were under Matt Rule. And this defense is playing exceptionally well. The running game is a factor. And let's face it, the Buccaneers swept the Saints. They have a win over the Cardinals. Their only loss, I'm I'm sorry, the Cardinals, I get the wrong birds, the Falcons. Their only loss in the division is to the Carolina Panthers, 21-3. And it was a bad, bad loss. Probably their worst loss of the year, just in terms of should have beat that team with P.J. Walker at quarterback. And you, you were so inept on offense that you were held to three points. So, I don't know. It is Groundhog Day. It's the same bad movie over and over again for the Buccaneers. It's going to end at some point. And uh, if if the Buccaneers don't win against the Panthers on Sunday, it might end uh, in week 18 without going into the postseason. The Panthers, at least recently, they have, you know, better quality wins than than the Bucs do, especially by beating the uh, by beating the Lions uh, on Saturday, not even beating the that, Lions, like that's, beating that's them a quality win, scoring <laughs> yeah. thirty-seven points. Yeah, you know, uh, against them, as Brandon says, uh, Mike Evans drop killed that Panthers game. Yeah, yeah, that changed um, a lot of the momentum for sure. But you know, we knew going into the the game today against Arizona that even if the Bucks lost, they would still be playing for the division uh, next week. So we still know a lot of Bucks fans are going to be out there. Um, rooting for the Bucks to make the playoffs. Probably going to be a lot of great tailgates. And, um, you know, I can't imagine going to a tailgate without having Pirate Republic beer, the official beer of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Game Day show as well. You know, uh, Pirate Republic is brewed out of uh, ba- Nassau, Bahamas, but they're invading Florida just in time for uh, the holiday season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life, and that means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, and that's a sense of belonging. Long John Pilsner is a perfect beer for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. That's the red can. You have the Take No Quarter IPA in the green can. That's the best IPA that you'll drink with 7.2% alcohol. Uh, you can also drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgium with beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they are expanding across the state of Florida. Uh, I get mine at the ABC liquor store. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer. I'm actually rocking the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgium with beer because uh, I needed it. A well-deserved beer for you, Matt. Yeah. A well-deserved beer. There's no doubt. Uh, let's see. We, we still got some stuff we can talk about tomorrow, uh, in, in terms of this, but, um, um, let's see here. Here's, this is from, uh, Yeltsin Brady on his December, December 19th podcast. You know, I took a big shot to my shoulder this year. Did it derail me? No, not at all, but he's admitting he is still hurt. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I do think there is something to that injury. Uh, it doesn't seem like Brady has, has really, uh, been on fire since getting hit in the Kansas City game. I think he's played through an injury this this year. I don't know how much it's bothered him, if it's a lot or a little, 
but we've just seen so many misfires this year that that we didn't see in years past. And he's 45 years old. I'm 50. And granted, I'm not a, a professional athlete. I'm not even an athlete. I can't even say I'm, I'm an amateur athlete at this stage of my life. But um, I, I, I don't throw football for a living, nor do I, you know, elude a pass rush. But God, I wake up sometimes and I'm just sore, right? And and you know your your joints are stiff. And I know he does TB12 and all of that. But but the older you get, the the less uh, you know quickly you rebound. The longer it takes to recover from injuries. Tom Brady does the TB12 method, and he does have some some great you know genetics in terms of, of being able to play as long as he has at at the level that he has. But at the same time, you can't escape father time. And I think yeah. some of this is father time, whether it's his skills diminishing or whether it's he just doesn't recover from injuries as as much. And remember, he he took a shot on his throwing hand also and he hit the helmet. Mm-hmm. So there could be some things that, that are happening to Brady that are affecting some of his throws. We're not going to know it. He's not going to talk about it. He's going to say he's fine. But just like in the in the 2020 season, Matt, when Brady won the Super Bowl, it wasn't until after that season that we found out that he was playing that year with with uh, with a torn MCL. Yeah, and Brady's getting hit a lot this season. Like he's getting hit a lot, <laughs> and um, it didn't help when Brandon Walton was in the game and you know couldn't block anyone in front of him. Yeah. And it wasn't even like J.J. Watt that he was going against every single time. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously a significant injury with Josh Wells, who is now out for the season. So now all of a sudden, Donovan Smith is back in the goodwill of uh, Bucks fans. Yeah. They, they really yeah. need him now. Matt, that's actually a really good point because when Donovan Smith was having those costly holding penalties and you know and, and giving up a sack here or there and not, not playing good football – we asked Todd Bowles, is, is there any other option? He used to maybe start Josh Wells or Brandon Walton at left tackle. And he said, no, Donovan remains our best option. And we kind of see why now, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, you just got to pray that Donovan can can play up to his ability because his ability is better than, than Josh Wells' ability or Brandon Walton's ability. And, of course, now the team doesn't have Josh Wells with the, the patellar tendon injury. He's out for the year, probably would take him a year to recover from that injury. So he's probably not even in play for the 2023 season. Uh, not that the Buccaneers would necessarily resign him, but right now it's kind of a safe bet when you look at, at, at the Buccaneers needs, they're going to be drafting an offensive tackle somewhere, right? Yeah. Because Donovan Smith will be entering a contract year next year, unless the team decides to cut him this off season, but Donovan will be 30 and Tristan Wirfs might be the future at left tackle. I think he's got the athletic ability and certainly the talent to play there, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's there's one tackle that we know whether he stays at the right side and is just a perennial Pro Bowler, or he moves to left tackle because that's more of a premium position. They're going to need another tackle either sooner or later, and they're probably going to need a tackle at least drafting one early because that's where you you find usually the better offensive linemen. Donovan Smith was a second rounder, Wirfs was a first rounder. But, Matt, they're going to need at least another tackle in the hopper to replace Josh Wells, who's been that that third tackle, that swing tackle yeah. for the last several years for this team. Yeah, get ready for uh, you know draft coverage. Definitely going to yeah. be looking it's into coming. 
Yeah, definitely going to be looking into the tight end, uh, not tight end, the tackle position. But, you know, you said the word bet, so that naturally uh, fires off some synapses and uh, reminds me of the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. So we're going to hear a message from them right now. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara, and I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time, and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Putting my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's them no hard rock in Tampa. You never know when you can win big at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Oops. Tampa. And uh, sorry, you know, I just just wanted to get this real quick here because we're talking about Donovan Smith, and I want to like lose this this question. Is this a contract here for Donnie? The Buccaneers can release Donovan Smith after this year. He does have one more year under contract. He's making a, you know a ton of of money. I don't want to have the, the numbers offhand. I'll, I'll pull them up in a second when Matt reads the super chat. But he does have one more year under contract. So the Buccaneers can get out of it next year. There will be a cap hit. I'll find out about that in a second. But go ahead and pull up that super chat, Matt. Yeah, we appreciate this super chat from Lap Gonzalez in $19.99 uh, super chat, I should say. And Lap says, I was thinking of so much to say on here when we were down, and I thought we were going to lose. After winning the game, of course, my thoughts changed. I hate to say this, but I am, and he says this in all caps, not confident, even if we do make the playoffs. Lap, I think a lot of Bucs fans yeah. feel the same way, that you know this team, even if they win next Sunday, they are clearly backing their way into the playoffs. I mean, again, they are 7-8. and eight. If they win, they'll be 8-8. Eight and eight. At best, they'll be 9-8, and eight, which is, yeah. sure, a little more respectable. And Lap also says, I'm tired of the shitty screen passes. Yeah. I hate them, too. We started playing a game, uh, take a sip every time the Bucks throw a screen. So plenty of sips were had on the uh, on the show. And uh, Brian says this is a disaster. Tony, Brady at 46, a new system, new receivers. New City would be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, the spotlight is on Tom Brady, like, no yeah. matter what. But the the last three games that he's had, um, it's going to be magnified even more than it possibly could with Tom Brady because, yeah. you know, he hears it. I'm sure he'll make some type of joke about it on his podcast, uh, you know, coming up whenever it is Monday, Tuesday. So, um, but Brady has to play better. If this team even wants to think about being competitive, I'm not even talking about winning. I'm talking about like yeah. being competitive against the Panthers on Sunday. And if they win against right. the Cowboys in the playoffs, it, if Brady, if Brady doesn't step it up, this team is going to get flat out embarrassed in their own stadium, which will be half filled by Cowboys fans. Yeah, uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, just to answer the question about Donovan Smith, so he is on a contract next year. The cap hit for the Buccaneers, 
17.9 million. It's already a healthy 18.4 this year, but at 17.9 million, which is 7.8% of the Bucks' entire salary cap, goes to Donovan Smith. And he'll be 30 next year. And in the final year of his deal, the Buccaneers will take on, if they release Donovan Smith, $7.95 million in dead money, but they will free up $9.95 million in cap space. Now, the, the problem is, 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 okay, so you want to get rid of Donovan Smith, who are you going to replace him with? And, and I'm not saying that like I wouldn't replace him, but it just, in the NFL, you can't just cut people to cut people and then say, okay, we, we have a, a hole and we're going to fill it. You cut somebody after you already have their replacement uh, either on board or dialed up and and uh, left tackles don't grow on trees. They're hard to find. So again, unless the plan is to move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle, which I would I would uh, you know favor that. I think he has the athletic ability and just the raw talent to do it. Uh, then you can draft a right tackle or sign a right tackle in free agency. They're they're usually a little bit easier to find and uh, and, and go that, that route. Uh, but but uh, he would if if Donovan Smith were to be released, he would save the Bucks just about ten million dollars. Yeah, I mean it's something you would consider, and the Bucks have a tough financial situation going into into next year anyway. But yeah, I mean, you can't just get rid of Donovan Smith and be like, uh, all right, you play, you know, offense. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. I mean, be, be, yeah, because you've seen what, what, you know, the, at least the on roster uh, options are uh, Josh Wells. No, thanks. Brandon Walton. Nope. So you've got to find somebody of his caliber better to replace him with, and and it could be Tristan Works, but then you got to replace your yeah, Pro Bowl you right tackle, to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. That, that a lot of offense tackles don't get into free agency because right. of you know they're so they're so difficult uh, to find. And you know you could point in other positions to be like, okay, well the Bucks want to save some money by cutting Leonard Fournette. All right, well you have Rashad right, Rashad White right there. Right. Um, you know, there's a reason Cam Bray takes a pay cut every single year because yeah, he's getting, and all of a sudden, uh, let, then, yeah, let's say he, yeah, let, let's say Rashad White sprains his ankle, right, and he misses a couple of games. Now you have Keyshawn Vaughn, right? So it's like you, you're going to need some depth at some of these positions, and you yeah. can sit there and and for every guy that you cut, you know, in theory, Leonard Fournette, Russell Gage, Donovan Smith. Okay, great. Who's the replacement? You only have so many draft picks. And you're only going to have so much money in free agency because the Buccaneers have kicked the can down the road. They're going to have some some uh, you know bad salary cap. It's not dire, as Josh Capo from Pew Report pointed out, pointed out in a recent article on Pew Reports uh, a while back. It's not dire, Matt, but it, it's a it's a bad salary cap situation. I've kind of been given a heads up that the team is is going to be somewhat active in free agency. But certainly not very active. Not like they have the last couple of years, where they've opened up the checkbook and they've they brought everybody back. And part of the reason is they they have to kind of save some future cap money for guys like Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, yeah, and even even Don uh, even Devin White, who you know is playing better than he has. We're not seeing the gaffes and the mental mistakes that we saw earlier in the season for Devin. I'd love to see a little bit more splash plays. He did have a nice fumble recovery in tonight's game, but but. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, 
they're going to have, there's going to be some very interesting decisions that are going to be made this off season uh, and, and not just in the coaching staff, but also with the team, because even if this team makes the playoffs, I don't think they're going to, to go very far. They do have a home playoff game, uh, you know, to begin with if they win the NFC South, but um, they, they, they haven't shown the ability to score enough points to win. You're not going to win games, uh, 1916 in the playoffs. I, I just don't think that's the case. And Matt, if you can't score more than 19 points against the worst scoring defense in the league, a Cardinals team that was allowing 27 uh, points per game, I, I, I don't know who you're going to beat. Again, last week they had 17 points on the board until the final minute, which was garbage time of the loss to right. the Bengals. They finally got 23 points. So. Uh, we appreciate Tracy Oliver and all of our Peter people for hanging out with us tonight. Good yes. night, uh, guys. That's late. Got to turn in. Great chat tonight. Still have faith in our team, no doubt. Where there's a will, there's a way. Brady can get it done. Hope you both had a very Merry Christmas. Now let's go on next week and kick Carolina's ass. We appreciate that. Thank you, Tracy. Merry so, Christmas to everybody yeah, and right. happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, there's no question the Bucks have to play better. If you want to feel better, you should be using age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. AgeRejuvenation.com. That's where you want to go, folks. Why? Because they've got some great holiday specials that extend into the new year. That's right, because you're going to want to lose some weight, have that New Year's resolution. Well, you can save 50% off of their weight loss program, their initial weight loss uh, treatment. And they also have $500 off testosterone therapy. If you mentioned Pewter Report at Age Rejuvenation, that's right. I've got low testosterone. I am not alone. Most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s have a natural reduction in testosterone, and that can affect everything from your energy levels to your weight loss. And I've actually been losing some weight, not packing it on, which is good, and I've been able to do that with the help of testosterone therapy at Age Rejuvenation. So I want you to visit agerejuvenation.com, tell them Peter Report sent you, inquire about their weight loss program for the new year, and also testosterone therapy. Get your, your blood levels checked. Your testosterone levels will be in your blood panels. And see if you need some testosterone therapy. It's made a huge difference for me. Why? It's 147. I feel like I, go, I could go in this podcast for at least another five minutes. Because, <laughs> because um, I, I'm 50, but I feel like I'm 40. And if I, if I didn't have testosterone therapy, I'd probably have somebody else doing the podcast with Matt tonight. I'd be asleep. But I'm not. So we appreciate all you Peter people for joining us here at the, the Peter Report podcast. We're going to do it again in a matter of hours, Matt. It's it's going to be 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time before you know it. And the fun thing about this particular Monday is not just the fact that it is going to be a victory Monday, Matt. We we always love victory Mondays because they're kind of scarce. These to be plentiful, yeah. but now they're scarce. But come win or lose, we always do this cool thing on Mondays. Uh, what's it called again? It is called Roll Call. Tell us where you're at, Peter people. We have awesome fans from all over the globe, not just Florida, not just the United States. We have awesome international fans as well. So at 420, 
uh, during tomorrow's show. We're going to have everyone in the chats uh, put your comment of where you're watching from, and we will put it up on the screen, as Shaggy says there. Yeah. Oh, always love my days. That's yeah, fun. it's, uh, it's That's always fun. a lot of fun. We see people from uh, interesting places uh, in the world, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool to see. So excited to do that tomorrow. Excited to talk more about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and if they can turn this around, and we'll see what Todd Bowles has to say yeah. as well. But until then... For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Out. Victory Out. Monday on tap.